in the 12-step world, I refer to 12-step terms a lot, it's, it's our singleness of purpose that binds us together. I agree with that. I think that's, I think that's an accurate, accurate description of the And true friends, true friends share in each other's joy and also in each other's sorrow. True friends do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm lucky too, to, to call the guys who are in uh, my band now, you know, some of my best friends and it's, it's again, I mean, I, I'm just so insanely lucky to have found good people, uh, especially having been in bands with bad people and, and having brought people into my band that, that didn't work out because they were, they were mean or, or malicious people or, or anything, just, they weren't the right people for the band and it. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Well, did you ever uh, look at another perspective, Tim, and uh, maybe think that, okay, well, I'm certainly very fortunate to be with them. Do you ever think that they're fortunate to be with you? Uh, I definitely, it's one of those things where, again, part of um, being humble about it, you know, I always ask uh, the guys whenever I send out a song, for instance, what do you think? Do you like this song? You know, because I found that it it will never work, at least in the band that I run in, in my experience, it will never work if you try to make someone else play or think like another musician. You know, if you hire someone and say, hey, I want you to be Jimi Hendrix or I want you to pretend that you're uh, Keith Moon or, or whoever, um, it's never going to work because they will always be themselves doing an impression of that. And, and, and you're going to lose that, that genuine artifact. So I think it's really important that they all enjoy what they do and feel like they have something to bring to the table. And as far as to answer the question, they, they tell me yes, a lot more times than no. So, so I, I, I take that as a, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job and I'm, I'm keeping them interested and, and engaged. Well, Tim, there's a difference between, and I help people differentiate between confidence and arrogance. Confident people, you like to be around. Arrogant people, not so much. So if you had to make some statements, I, Tim Vitulo, am confident that... I'm definitely confident as a guitarist, and I'm confident that if you are a part of my band, I'm not going to waste your time. I would say I would say those those are the things that I'm... I'm confident about uh, musically that, hey, I, th- I think I'm pretty good at the guitar and, and that I can do what, what you need me to do. And, and, if, and, and I'm not going to waste your time. How about personally? I'm confident that I w- I'm hardworking and, and probably am a workaholic, <laughs> if I were to be honest. And, and if some of the people around me were to, were to say, I'm sure they would, they would use that phrase. Okay. Are you confident that you know the difference between right and wrong, Tim? Yeah. Are you confident that you have a moral compass? Yeah. Are you confident that you treat people with courtesy and respect? I'm confident that I do at times. I'm I'm sure or or I can, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I know for for a fact that there are times that I haven't and and I've regretted it afterward. Well, sure. Well, absolutely. Well, well, you're certainly human. What we try to help people understand is everyone's job, everyone's objective is to do no intentional harm to anyone or anything. And my thoughts are that if you're not doing any intentional harm to anyone or anything, 
then you can walk down the street. You could walk down the south side or down the streets of Pittsburgh with a bozo, the clown wig on, and a big red nose. And you're not hurting anyone. Operate a lot on helping people making choices. Uh, Most people grow up, Tim, with words like I should, I have to, I need to, I must. And those are self-defeating words. What we help people understand that if they understand and are willing to accept the consequences, everything in their life's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, I, I think that's, it, it, it is. And there, there is a power in, you know, making the decision, you know, either in, you know, Hey, I've decided to do something and it's one action or in a series of actions that, that lead through to a decision. And, and I remember kind of making the decision to be a songwriter you know, it it wasn't like, you know, the lightning bolt came down one day and, and there I was there, you know, I think therefore I am, um, you know, it was a lot of late nights after work, probably drinking too much coffee, staying up too late, not getting a lot of sleep and, and trying to figure out how to do this thing. And, uh, you know, it, again, it, it wasn't a light switch, but it, you know, after a few months of doing it, you know, here's a handful of songs, um, that I feel pretty good about and, and think people might want to hear and, and that, you know, you just kind of get that momentum rolling. And then, you know, after some time, you've realized you've made a decision. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It will always materialize if we work for them. The slowly part is something that uh, there's some people have a difficult time dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially now, I I find myself getting impatient, um, you know, just because, you know, social media and Amazon and and all these things have, have conditioned me to do it. It's important to be able to under, know when you're being impatient or when something is not. Like, I, I think I'm pretty level-headed about a lot of things, and it takes a lot to get me kind of, you know, riled up and, and upset about something. But but there are times with writing or, or other things that it, it it pays off sometimes to be to to exhibit that patience. Well, how do you deal with people who talk to you about the dreaded writer's block, Tim? Yeah, it's one of those things like you kind of use the word, you know, self-defeating. And I I think that is a self-defeating word because as soon as you as soon as you allow yourself to admit that, like if you say, hey, I have writer's block, like it becomes for me, at least, and maybe other people are different. It becomes an instant rationalization like. Well, I have writer's block, so therefore I'm not going to write anything today. I'm going to watch Netflix or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go do, you know, something else or whatever. Um, so I never try to think about it or to, you know, gauge how prolific I am and, and try to be concerned about that. You know, it, it's always, I, I've always uh, tried to focus on the quality of the work I do. And I think it's really important, especially doing creative work to understand when you're in the right state to do that, do that work. And when you're um, just kind of grinding yourself <laughs> against the stone needlessly. And, and you know, it, there are some songwriters who can just sit down and do that. And I envy the, the hell out of those people because they're, they're amazing. But um, for me, it's, it's important to, to recognize that. So I never, I never get apprehensive if I haven't written anything in a while. Um, just because I don't, I don't want to write it off as, oh, hey, it's just a bad time. 
Well, one of the questions for songwriters always is, Tim, how did you come up with that song? Where did it come from? What was your inspiration? What do you say to people? Uh, it's So for me, I love songwriters who are able to capture the human condition. I, I think, I mean, people are fascinating. They just, they act in such mysterious ways. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by how people act and by how people do things every day. You know, maybe I'm just not pervasive or, or something, but I, I just find, I find the human condition fascinating. Um, and it's, it's anything for, for me, uh, I've gotten away from, or have always really tried to not, uh, write about my life or, you know, make my writing autobiographical. There, there are a lot of writers who do it and it's phenomenal. And, and the songs are more powerful because you understand all that backstory and you can see the, the mastery of the art that went into telling that story. Um, but it's, it's small interactions with people. It's phrases people say, it's, uh, the way people react to things. You know, I take a lot of notes on my phone. It has that notes app and I just jot quick things down. And if something sticks with me, you know, kind of, kind of run with it and, and see where it takes you. And then the, the other big thing is, is literature. I, I love to read and I love great stories. Uh, so maybe there's a person you meet and it reminds you of a character in a book that was in a, a particular situation. And it's like, Oh man, this, this would be a great story to phrase this person in. And then it starts that whole snowball of, Oh, okay. What would this song sound like? And who, who else is involved and where does the story go and what's the climax and does it resolve? Does it not resolve? How do we end it? And, and then you're kind of off to the races. So you feed your creativity. Yeah, certainly. I, I think you always have to have the antenna up to, to receive and, and to accept uh, sources of inspiration. If I may, it's not like, hey, I'm going fishing and I'm going to you know take my guitar out or I'm going to sit there and, and think about it or I'm going to walk, you know, I'm going to go for a walk around the street and and for the next two hours, I'm just going to people watch and take as many notes as I can. And then after two hours done, I'll, I'll come back. It's, it's, it's all the time. Like a lot of things happen when I'm driving. If I hear something on the radio or commercial or, or something, you know, may catch my attention. And, it, and it's important to just kind of catch all those ideas as they come and, and try to react to them and respond. I listened to your, uh, the music that you sent me. And one thing that struck me, well, the guitar playing struck me. It really did. That's, I'm very Thank impressed. You. Thank uh, you. However, I noticed that most of your songs weren't the standard love songs. And and what you listen to is, you know, all the tracks for the new record. Um, you know, just kind of where I was in my life. Like, it it, it sounds kind of weird to say, but, um, you know, like, whenever I wrote all those songs, like, you know, I, I just bought a house here with my girlfriend and, you know, we, they, things are good. Um, you know, not that there wasn't anything compelling, you know, there's, I have tons of great memories about that time, but it, it just didn't manifest itself in song that way. You know, I, I, that part of my life is kind of expressed in other ways. Go. We often say that every new stage of your life demands a new you. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's apt. And, and I think if you listen to, um, just like in response to that, so, you know, we are still in quarantine right now and, and uh, there are a few songs, you know, I've, I've been thankfully in a good place to write uh, through all this. And I, I think I've, I've written some nice songs, uh, but you do find a couple more of those there. And and uh, and and that just kind of, you know, how the mood caught me. I kind of had that particular feeling and was able to capture it in a, a song that was compelling. 
you know, and the, and the other thing too, I, I haven't done this in a while, but you know, it, it's rare that you, I don't really know anybody that sits down and like writes a record and doesn't throw any songs out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure in the, the did not use pile, there are a few. <laughs> when they talk about being a songwriter, there's certainly something else that involved here. And that's writing the music and matching the lyrics up with the music. Which, what do you do first, Tim? Uh, most recently, I've been writing the lyrics first, and that's just because, like, um, for example, one of my my first projects uh, I did kind of as myself, I I did a jazz record um, where I wrote, you know, kind of bebop jazz compositions. And that's like, you know, writing music on steroids because <laughs> the <laughs> harmony is all over the place. You know, it's not like a not not to belittle. I think writing pop songs is is incredibly difficult and especially writing good ones. Uh, but you know, generally it's, there's a verse, there's a chorus, you know, you repeat those things. There's a bridge, maybe, uh, maybe there's an intro or an outro section or, or, you know, something like that. But, but generally there's kind of an accepted framework and the tonality is kind of agreed like, Hey, this will be generally in one key, unless there's a a modulation or a key change. And, and generally you're going to use the, you know, some recipe of these chords to give it that sound of like a pop song or a rock song. Uh, whereas jazz is totally off the wall. So I really learned a lot and feel really confident about my ability to, to write a, a melody and then harmonize it as a result. So I really focus on, Hey, is there a story here? Is there a lyric that, that deserves the attention to be, to be uh, kind of put, put to music. When you're writing the music, Tim, do you write the music for all of the instruments? No, not typically. And and that recalls, um, you know, earlier what, what I typically do. Um, and part of my process that, that I've, I've done since my first record is, uh, I, I write everything with an acoustic guitar and I, I sit down and I sing it and play it with an acoustic guitar and, and then I'll record that, you know, very roughly. And if that's compelling, uh, I will send it to the band. Um, and, and I think it's really important to get their input. Uh, because, you know, I may hear the song as, well, this is a straight ahead, you know, strum it kind of rock song. But then, uh, you know, one of the band members might say, hey, this is kind of weird, but I heard this as a reggae or I heard it as Zydeco or I heard it as something else. And you say, man, that thought never crossed my mind. And, you know, there are a lot of times we try that out and it's like, wow, that really worked. And And also, you know, now that I'm recording with the band that I play with, instead of calling session musicians, you know, I want their personalities to be a part of that. Um, you know, I want I want them to capture all the energy that someone sees at a show and, and put that on that record. So I think it's incredibly important for them to to be themselves and to be able to express themselves in that way. You know, and, and certainly I'll kind of corral them in if if it gets too too far away or I don't like don't like where things are going. I say, yeah, maybe not your best idea. So what you're saying, Tim, is uh, your bandmates have a voice at the table. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's really important in a, in a, in an original project, you know, we don't, we're not a, a tribute band. Um, and I, you know, I don't think it's any secret to anybody, you know, those tribute bands who you go and see, they make a, a lot of money. Um, and, we don't make anywhere near that much money. So there, there has to be some kind of gratification or 
payback or reward for for putting in the exact same amount of time, the exact same amount of investment in your equipment, you know, in in everything that you do. And and it's it's that creative license I found that that keeps people engaged. What do you believe your demographic is? Where where is your audience? I I can tell you what I observe our audience is. I'm not sure if I believe that is our demographic, but I don't know if it's it's my job to really say or to dictate. <laughs> um, but like I I grew up on uh, classic rock, and now that I'm, you know, focusing more on songwriting, you know, those 1960s 1970s songwriters really speak to me. You know, people like Paul Simon and John Prine and Jackson Brown and, and Neil Young and and uh, you know all those those sorts of artists. So there there is certainly a large amount of baby boomers at our shows okay uh, because we cover that music and i think um i think i wear that on my sleeve a little bit in the in the songs that i write okay so how when someone comes up to you and says hey tim i'd like to be a songwriter hey tim i'd like to start a band or do people send you tapes what do you say to them I, I don't think I've I've gained enough respect to start getting tapes yet, but uh, it, I'm always as encouraging as possible because there there was no you, there's there's a saying in in the business that you have your entire life to make your first record, uh, and it's just that that whole thing of you know there's no pressure there's no, no nobody knows who you are you're unknown you're you're people you know if you never make a record people will go the rest of their lives and never know that you you played music you know that's that's a very distinct possibility so you just have to start just try and 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 don't be afraid to fail because i can tell you i can have my parents dig up tapes from the first shows i played i sucked you know <laughs> we all suck but but it's you you can't be afraid to suck you know and and it's it's hard because you know i watch social media and and you watch an artist break and you find out about a new artist and they come out with their their first record and it's this this perfectly polished thing but what a lot of people don't take the time to find out a lot of times is that first record is actually all the best tracks from the 10 records they made in obscurity handpicked and now it's their greatest hits from the past 10 years so of course it rocks you know it's it's all of their best songs that they've written over a decade or or however long they were kind of slugging it out before a label you know picked them up and and propelled them into the stratosphere so you, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't wait for someone to knock on your door and say, you know, hi, uh, Universal Records here, Columbia Records here. Um, you know, we, we'd like you to make your first album, please. <laughs> so what you're saying is expect some discomfort, expect some discouragement. Yeah. However, keep on going. I, that reminds me of a old joke that somebody's traveling through New York City and they stop at a traffic light and they ask, they yell out the window. They say, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the fellow says, practice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And and don't be afraid to try new things. Like that's that's the other thing. If you, if you listen to my first record, you know, certainly, you know, my influences at the time, I I had just come out of, of touring with a blues band. Um, so blues mu- and, and blues music is one of my first loves. I, I adore that genre. Um, so So my intent with that was, to, to modernize blues and to, to bring blues music to a more contemporary audience to people who don't want to hear, you know, scratchy guitar on a back porch or something like, you know, what, what you kind of stereotypically think of blues music as. Um, 
And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of that record. But, you know, if you listen to that and then the, the, the record we're going to put out here uh, that you listen to, um, the sound is very different. You know, I think the sound of the new record is more rock. There's a little more kind of folk singer songwriter kind of country appeal to it. And I love all those genres. And I think for me, I think I'm a, a better performer. I think I can present that and write in that style better than I could in that kind of like, you know, blues, soul, R&B kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it, it does it does take some trial and error. And just because you love that genre, you know, you, you may find that, well, really, I'm a fantastic country singer or I'm a fantastic jazz musician, you know, and that doesn't mean you get to stop listening to that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it may you may find a little more success that way. So what you're saying is that to have an open mind and have that beginner's mind and be willing to explore possibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to continue to even after you find success. I mean, it, you know, everybody jokes, I like their early stuff better. Well, you, you can't just keep making the same record over and over again. Um, you know, it, it, people would say, well, it sounds like the last one. I already own that record. Why am I going to buy it again? You know, it, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you need to keep growing and you need to keep challenging yourself, um, you know. Well, the message I'm hearing from you, Tim, is not to be afraid to fail. Uh, Thomas Edison said that uh, when he was asked how it felt to have failed a thousand times to find a filament for his electric uh, for the electric bulb, he said, I've never failed. I found a thousand things that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and trust me, like I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, a, a, a quote unquote success, you know, music doesn't pay my bills. You know, I don't have a number one record. I'm not, you know, those kind of monikers that, that people use to say like, Hey, you've made it or you're a successful musician or, or what have you. You know, I found a lot of success in doing different things, but yeah, it took it took either learning through failure or just accepting that you know, like that, you're going to send ten things out and maybe get one one yes, but you know, you don't know which of those ten, so you can't. You're right, you can't be afraid to to put yourself out there. You don't know who you're going to reach. You don't know which person is going that's going to resonate with. Well, yeah. Tim, it's been delightful having you. So could you share with uh, our listeners how they would get in contact with your music? How, what, uh, how, how can people view you? Yeah, certainly. So uh, the, the main hub for everything is timvitulo.com, and that's V-I-T-U-L-L-O. If you want to check out our music, um, you know, certainly uh, you can stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, you can purchase it on iTunes um, and uh, Google Play and all those streaming services. You can find us on social media. It's at official TVB, as in Tim Vitulo Band. And uh, on Twitter, it's official TV Band. Apparently, there's a, a Japanese television program, TVB or something, that already beat us to the punch. Um, but th- those are all the places. And, uh, you know, once we're back to, to playing and touring again, we, we try to to uh, let people know on, on all those services where you can find us, you know, through Bands in Town and Song Kick. Well, we'll be putting those contact links up on the www.fishingwithoutbait website. And uh, be warned, we're going to recontact you in the future to get an update. Yeah, that would be great. This, this was really awesome. And uh, it's nice 
nice to kind of go deep on some of the the behind the scenes stuff um you know a lot it's like okay play a song uh, what's that song about oh it's about a girl in there okay play another song you know this is this has been uh very unique and, and very fun i've got a hungry heart it's searching high and low for its matching part over and over ending where we start i've got a hungry heart you're still on my mind Ever since breaking our humble rhyme Like the words that never quite came out right You're still on my mind Call it what it is Not doing what I know I should The needle point before the rush of blood We are running out of time. Ooh, and the feeling so sublime. Poise for sorrow. Grace for pain. Ooh, I could only start again. And so the story goes, oh, it seemed important an age ago. Years of life packed in a box of clothes. So the story goes, call it what it is. Not doing what I know I should. A calm, warm breath before the flood. We are running out of time. Ooh, and the feeling so sublime. Voice for sorrow. Grace for pain. Ooh, I could only start again. sublime poise for sorrow embrace for pain Ooh, I could only start again Ooh, we are running we are running we are running out of time. Ooh. We are running, we are running, we are running out of time. Ooh. Very nice, very Thanks. nice. And at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription. 
fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.